Is the podcast industry too saturated for you to launch your own podcast? What does it look like for a brand to actually launch their own podcast? Well, in today's episode, Natalie Frank, Chief Evangelist at HoneyBook, joins us to share all about the independent business podcast powered by HoneyBook. Since I met Natalie over five years ago, I've always thought she would make a brilliant host and create so much impact as a podcaster. Well, in celebration of the launch of the Independent Business Podcast today, Natalie joins us to share a little behind the scenes of that podcast, some of the strategy that went into it, and what she's learned so far in being a podcaster. Plus, she's sharing a few hot takes you don't want to miss. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Clocking In Podcast, the podcast for podcasters, entrepreneurs, and professionals making their way in the working world while building their own personal brand in the podcasting industry. I'm your host, Haley Gaffin, owner of Gaffin Creative, a podcast production company for creative entrepreneurs. If you're a podcaster or even just dreaming about launching your own podcast someday, this show was built to help you merge your love of conversation, education, and business. You can find resources, show notes, and more for the Clocking In podcast at gaffincreative.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Mike Check Society, a community that was built for podcasters who are looking to take their podcast from good to great. Scale your podcasts, improve your processes, and connect with your listeners through our educational trainings, our private members-only community, and our monthly calls. If you're ready to join us, you can head over to micchecksociety.com and enroll today. And you can get $10 off per month with the code podcast. Now let's clock in and get to work. Natalie, thank you so much for joining us on Clocking In. I'm excited to have you. I know that some really exciting things are happening for you this week because you are launching your own podcast with HoneyBook. So I would love to know personally, why a podcast? What made you choose this platform? Yeah, I have always been a huge fan of podcasts, as you know, which I have loved to listen to. And I've, you know, done a lot of interviews on podcasts over the years. But I think there's something about being able to consume content while you're working in a way that is super digestible and fun that kind of transcends a lot of the other platforms that are out there. And so, you know, as a wedding photographer by trade, that's what I did for, you know, a decade of my career. I would listen to podcasts and audiobooks while I was editing. I would listen to them, you know, throughout my workday. And so I just believe it's a really incredible way to connect with people. It's a great way to, you know, be in somebody's pocket whenever they want to connect and learn and be entertained or whatever it is that you create. So for us, you know, creating a podcast was a way to do that. And I will say, I've wanted to do it for a really long time. And I have put off doing it for a really <laughs> long time. This has been that like big, hairy, audacious goal, that thing that, you know, I've allowed fear to hold me back from launching, that, you know, even like scarcity mindset has kept me sort of quiet about because, you know, again, there are a lot of great podcasts that exist. And I think for folks who are considering starting one or maybe have even started one, it's easy for insecurities to creep up from time to time and make you feel like, you know, but what do I have to add? to this landscape? How can I contribute to this very saturated you know, world when in reality, and I've already seen this just in some of the interviews that we've done and the conversations that I've been able to have, 
you know, the way that you can show up is unlike the way anyone else will. And so the world really does need what you have. And uh, in my case, it was getting the courage to finally take that leap. So I'm very excited to be doing it with the launch of Independent Business. Yes. I was going to ask you, do you want to share a little bit about the Independent Business Podcast and who it serves and why everyone's going to want to tune in? I mean, I know a little bit because I've gotten a little sneak peek of it, but it's live at the time of this airing. So what, what can they expect to hear? Yeah. So the Independent Business Podcast is all about uncovering the science of self-made success. So I get the opportunity to sit down with some of the most brilliant minds in the world. Like for example, an hour ago, I was sitting down with Ankur Nagpal. He is the founder of Teachable, who just sold Teachable in 2020, I believe, 2020, stayed on for a year in 2021. That was a huge successful exit of a massive company that he built from the ground up. And his co-founder, Jessica Tork, that they joined forces and have created a new company called Ocho Wealth, where they're helping independent business owners to basically create generational wealth from business income and, you know, making solo 401ks, which I had never even heard of, more accessible, you know, all the way through like New York Times bestselling author Donald Miller, New York Times bestselling author Tori Dunlap, um, you know, a financial feminist, her first 100K. Like I'm getting this chance to sit down with really awesome people and bring the conversations that often happen in private. Like the way I look at it is these are the conversations that happen at tables where most of my community doesn't get to sit. And I don't like that. That doesn't sit well with me. I want these conversations to be accessible to everyone. So the point of this podcast is to bring those types of business conversations, those self-made success conversations to the table where they're fun, engaging, entertaining, and digestible. And the little twist that makes this podcast slightly different than others is that we do a good deal of research prior to the episode. So we like to bring statistics to the table. I'm going to reference recent neuroscience findings, psychology studies that have been done, um, you know, recent surveys and data reports that are being published. You know, when we have a conversation about something like how to pitch yourself to a client, which we had with Ellen Yin, who I know we both love and adore dearly from Cubicle to CEO. You know, prior to that interview, knowing that we're going to talk about the power of asking questions, I go into the science of asking questions. What does it do with our brain? How does it transform the way somebody answers said question? Or does it influence their behavior on the other end? So we take business advice and we bring in the science and you leave not only, you know, feeling like you're, you're smarter on the other side of the interview, <laughs> but you're able to make faster decisions in your business. You'll start to identify things that you're like, oh, I wasn't doing that, or whoa, I didn't realize. And you're just going to feel really empowered and equipped. So that's the hope with independent business. Yeah, gosh, I'm excited. And I know you, Haley's our incredible producer. So you've gotten a peek behind the curtain to kind of see and listen to these episodes um, already. And you know, anyone listening to this, you know, has an interest in doing podcasting, creating a podcast, has a podcast. I'm excited to see how it evolves and I'm excited to see, you know, how these interviews get better. And I'm somebody that, like I'll add, I am a big believer that the first time you do something, it sucks. Like <laughs> no matter how much you prepare, no matter how many times you practice, no matter how much research you do, it's not going to be perfect when you launch it for the first time. I mean, I think we got pretty darn close. We worked really, really hard. (laughs) I was going to be like, you're setting unrealistic expectations if you say it sucks because I literally listened to the first episode and I was like, Natalie was made to do this. She was made to be an interviewer. Like the conversations, the research you talked about, I was like, 
whoa, like you are, you're really hitting hard stats in these things. Things that I would have never thought to look up in preparation for an interview like this. So I'm blown away. You're so kind. I mean, no, it definitely doesn't suck by any means. But my hope is in 10 years we look back and then we think, yeah. oh, those first couple episodes, gosh, that was rough. Remember, Natalie, when you used to ask questions like that or that one time? that And I share that to say, like, I, I also hope that, you know, folks are willing to leap before they're ready in situations like this. Because like I said, I waited way too long to do this. I've wanted to do this mm-hmm. for so long and I made every excuse in the book and I told myself every lie and insecurity and fear around creating a podcast and launching a podcast. And this is the year where I'm just living my gutsy life. I'm just doing the thing. And so I just hope that's encouraging to somebody else. Like, you know, we're all on this journey of putting things into the world that we're proud of that make an impact. And, you know, this podcast is hopefully going to be a part of that. And my hope is that I can get better and better and better as we go along. So for anyone listening who does have a podcast, please tune in to Independent Business, but also Give me feedback. I'm very new to this journey. I welcome critical feedback, especially from fellow podcasters. So let me know what you love about it. Let me know what I can improve. Um, it's just, it's been a labor of love and I'm, I'm super excited to see it continue to grow. Yes. I am so excited for people to hear these conversations. I like, I don't know how to explain how well thought out and put together these interviews are. I personally am not a huge interviewer. I don't do a ton of interviews on my podcast because I don't, I'm not as comfortable with it. It took me an entire year after I launched my podcast to do it. And I do enjoy the conversations and, but I've, I've had to let go of the fear of like, oh, am I going to screw this up? Is it going to be bad? That's nerve wracking to me because we are technically live to half of our community, but at the same time, you just have to overcome those fears by doing. Yes. And and I think you one thing you said was that you wish you had started sooner. And I feel mm. like so many of us feel that way about not only podcasting, but every other piece of our business. Whether it's like, I wish I had started saving earlier, or I wish I had started being a CEO earlier, or quit my job earlier, or whatever it is. We always wish that we had done it earlier, so just go for it. <laughs> Yes, yes. Okay, a big part of your plan with this podcast is to include video, which is still, it's still new to me. It's new to the podcasting industry as a whole, but everyone's going that direction. What was that process like for you to choose to include video and have there been any hurdles for you to overcome in that process? Yes, and yes. And I want to throw a hot take out there first. I believe that if you are doing a podcast, you have to be doing video. This is a hot take. This is a spicy one. This is potentially a very unpopular opinion, but I want you to hear me out. Every single top of funnel marketing platform, every single one, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, all of them are prioritizing video content natively on their platforms, every single one. So if you are already taking the time to create really extraordinary podcast content, you need to turn on a camera and also document the video component of that. Otherwise, you're basically creating double work for yourself and then trying to figure out how to market yourself on those platforms and then thinking, oh, I got to create an Instagram reel. If you have a podcast, you have multiple Instagram reels at your fingertips for every single episode that you do. And so I want to preface by saying that 
you know, not including video was never an option for this podcast. Yeah. I would not have launched this podcast if we weren't launching it as a multi-channel strategy. And I realized that, you know, that maybe wasn't even the case a year ago, two years ago for so many people. But, you know, if you're launching a podcast today, I would highly encourage that you launch and start with video from the beginning. If you have a great existing podcast, this is the moment to start exploring it for all the reasons that I mentioned and so many more that we don't have time to go into. Now, learnings and hurdles. (laughs) Okay. First, I will say that you don't need all the equipment that I invested in to include video on your podcast. Actually... We, I went a little over the top with my setup in part because, you know, at HoneyBook, we're really trying to level up our creative in every way from our ads to our marketing, to our new brand, to our podcast. And so from the start, we wanted to have a really high quality production value. However, even in doing this, I learned that just getting a simple webcam and one light, I've got one light up here, that's it. We'll just like level up the quality of your video so significantly, but again, the equipment's not what makes video great. And you mentioned the preparation for the episodes. Like a hurdle that I had was maybe the mindset that good equipment equals good video. In reality, good preparation, a good interview or a good conversation or a good educational experience is what makes a good video. The equipment helps it to level up, but having good preparation in advance and a video that actually provides value is what people want at the end of the day. So that was a big one, navigating equipment and learning how to use it. I spent a lot of time training on audio, video, lighting, uh, just, you know, even the software that we wanted to use and how to become familiar with it. So for me, that wasn't so much a hurdle, I think, as it was a great learning curve. And then the last thing I'll say on this, um, is just like the hurdle of showing up, the hurdle of just getting on the darn camera and, you know, all like, it sounds so simple, but let me tell you, like, that is the biggest roadblock for me. And I think for a lot of other people's, I just don't love looking at my own face. I like, it makes me anxious. I, you know, we all know listening to our own voice is hard enough, add in the face. And now, now we're really in trouble. So I think that was a big hurdle is like just getting over myself and getting over my insecurities and focusing not on how I look and how things appear, but instead focusing on what can I provide? What value can I offer? And just really kicking, you know, my own insecurities out the door on things. That was a big hurdle. I think, you know, that maybe a lot of people experience and are familiar with, but we don't talk about so much when it comes to video content. Oh, yes. I feel that. I have, I currently, we're recording in Riverside and I have the window set up to where I can't see myself. Like, it's moved off screen enough to where I don't see me. I only see you and like the controls. And so I felt that when you were talking about it, I was like, yep, that's one reason I have not really pursued video in my podcast. Um, but I do want to highlight too, is you can incorporate video into your podcast without having it fully edited on YouTube or anything like that, you can use it for repurposed content for those reels you were talking about for yeah. just static content, like the, the screenshots of it. I think that's really important to consider. Even if you never end up using the video, record it to have it. I have started doing this um, using Riverside because it's so easy and intuitive yeah. for myself. But prior to that, I was just recording in my editing software and I 
because I was doing all solo. So I have zero video for those to like go back and pull content. I don't have it. But if you start now and you just have it, one day you'll get over that insecurity. And, and like Natalie said, I don't have the webcam. I have the newer laptop that just came out this year, which is good. It is a pretty decent webcam, like to be built in and a ring light that currently is facing the wall because otherwise you'll see it all in my glasses if I don't do that. So yeah, I really appreciate you sharing that and opening up about those insecurities because I feel like you're right. No one really talks about those things. And in a world where we kind of have to show up on camera and be there in ways we don't want to be. It's nice to know that people who are doing it really well also are overcoming these hurdles too. Yes. And there are so many. One more thing I'll say too is like just the the hurdle of like how the heck do I make a video? I mean, (laughs) look, in our case, working with Tyler Harrington, he's an amazing video producer. But we've talked about Riverside a couple times. That is the software that I'm using. If you use Riverside, it has a clip creator. You can go Mm -hmm. in and choose the clips that you want to export, like a 30-second reel. You can stack people on top of each other. It exports it perfectly, optimized for those platforms. You have control on background and things like that. It's launching new AI capabilities too on the video side. So, you know, it's one of those scenarios where, you know, if you want to DIY it and test it out, Haley's 100% right. Start recording the video so you at least have the option. And you might be surprised by how easy it is to take a five-second clip or, you know, a 15-second clip. That's all you need of your favorite part of the podcast interview to promote the podcast that you're doing. Because I do think, you know, marketing is a hard part of this. And one of the hurdles that we have is like, if you don't know how to do it, we're often more likely, this is a little brain, little brain uh, nerdiness for a moment. You know, human psychology is super interesting. We are more likely to cling to something that is no longer working because we'd prefer the failure that we know to the failure that we don't. And so when it comes to something like trying something new, innovating in video, we're more likely to say, oh, I'm not going to do that. I'd rather know that the entire marketing world is running towards video and not take advantage of it than try it and not be good at it, than try it and it not work out for me. And I just want to challenge you, right? If that's a hurdle that's holding you back, we're all experiencing that hurdle, but fail. Fail quickly. Iterate quickly. Um, Another thing I'll throw out there from one of the conversations I had with Zaley Barclay, you know, was about the fact that human faces are incredibly impactful uh, for retention and for attention, retention and attention, both. So when marketing your podcast, even that 15 second clip where they get to see your face, it more deeply connects them to the overall content that you're creating into your brand. And so, you know, I don't think it's like a video versus audio situation. I think this is a whole list, like a podcast is a holistic content avenue. And you can look at it from multiple different angles, from the written, the transcription, the video, the audio, all the different ways that people like to consume content because we're all diverse in how we learn, you know? And so look at that as just another avenue to reach people that maybe in the past are not um, so quick to jump right into the audio. Maybe they want to be, you know, courted a little bit. They want to be <laughs> dated a little with that 15 second clip on TikTok, uh, just to, to introduce yourself in a, in a different way. Absolutely. I love that. And um, you had mentioned some of the new tools coming out with Riverside. And I actually have a bonus episode coming out in two days. So on Thursday, you will hear uh, all about Riverside. It's a training, like a really quick or Facebook Live that I did inside of Mike Check Society that we are releasing on the podcast as a bonus, because I think there's some really cool tools that 
people are not taking advantage of yet, if even if you're using Riverside. And um, so I just wanted to share that. So make sure you check that out in a couple days when it goes live. Okay, what is one strategy that you're bringing into the Independent Business Podcast that you'd love to see more podcasters doing? Oh, this one is easy, but then also hard. Because when I say it, I don't mean to say it from a place of like, you should, and I'm you know, wagging my finger if you're listening to this, but more from a place of this is an area where I didn't always do a great job uh, and I'm trying to improve strategically when it comes to this podcast, and that is accessibility first. That is being proactive from the very start of an initiative launch with ensuring that the content I am creating is truly accessible and enables everyone to consume it in the way that they would like to consume it. And what I mean by that is you know, it, it, podcast is obviously an audio format. However, depending on, you know, a, maybe a disability or, you know, how someone prefers to learn, audio isn't always the best way to connect with someone. And so we're familiar with transcripts, for example, but one of the strategies that I implemented right off the start was looking holistically at this podcast and just asking the question, how can I ensure that anyone could enjoy this content. And so it looked like working with uh, an accessibility strategist. I worked with Erin Perkins of Mabelie Q, and she did a full accessibility audit of my podcast prior to us even publishing it. She identified areas where I'm weak, still weak, and I can need to improve, areas where you know the forethought really paid off. But it's part of, too, what encourages, I think, you know, to go the route of a full video podcast that is captioned multi-different platforms where they can actually subscribe to the video. So for example, you know, if you're deaf, hard of hearing, you don't have to just subscribe on the platform to the audio, but the hope is you'll be able to subscribe, let's say, to our YouTube channel, and you'll get those full podcast episodes uh, with the captions that we're using Rev to ensure the transcriptions are perfectly accurate for, things like that. So I think strategically that was a big one that, you know, we prioritized from the start, and I'm really grateful that we did. And there's still room to improve. I say this, and I don't say that we're doing everything perfectly, but I I'm really grateful for the feedback that we got in our accessibility audit. And I know for a fact, she definitely impacted some of the ways that we're going to show up. And I've got a lot of work to do. Yeah. Some of those findings you shared with me and I was like, oh, I have a lot of work to do across the board, like on my podcast, on my clients' podcasts, in getting to a place of accessibility as a business, as a whole. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that. Now, as a HoneyBook user myself, I am fully aware of the benefits that HoneyBook provides on the client-facing side of my business, but how can podcasters leverage HoneyBook? Oh, all right. I got two key ways, okay? Two ways you can leverage HoneyBook, and I'm sure there are an infinite additional realm of possibilities, but two primary ways as a podcaster you can use HoneyBook. So the first way would be to build out a guest flow or a client flow for the guests that you're having on the show to use HoneyBook as your system to kind of house all of that information. So, you know, you can create a really streamlined, perfectly branded client flow that kicks off with a questionnaire for your guests, so on and so forth, and that just walks them through the experience that you want them to have with the podcast. You could use something like a brochure feature to even showcase the tips and tricks that are going to ensure they have the best interview with you, all the, all the traditional things you encourage them to do, wearing headphones, you know, using a, an external mic, things like that you could build into that entire flow and time and automate everything to go out when you want it to for your guests, which is huge. Now, if you want to be monetizing your podcast and or potentially down the line doing brand deals as a content creator, again, 
it's an amazing way to build out those podcast flows where you could actually create sort of your media kit, let's say, inside of HoneyBook and walk potential partners through a just more high-touch experience with partnering with you and actually paying for ad space on your podcast. And so I could see you going either route with it, whether you know it's a monetized route or just having a more streamlined experience for your guests. Because I will say too, I didn't say this as my strategy, but we did take a lot of time to consider what our guests are going to feel like on the other side of this podcast and you know, down to like, I'm sending them gift boxes from Ama Nakua, that's, which is an independent business. And so just the experience really mattering because as someone that, you know, I've done over 200 at this point podcast interviews, like as the interviewee, not as the host. And I can really tell when someone has taken the time to research me, to research the content that we're going to be talking about, to, you know, give me great communication versus the interviews where I'm like, where's the link? Where do I go? Like I, and Haley, you were my VA for us. So you know, like there were moments where I'd be like, Haley, help me. I'm supposed to be on an interview and they didn't send a link and they like didn't send. So automating, streamlining, creating systems so that things just run super smoothly. HoneyBook will help you do that, whether you're monetizing or not, but also setting you up for success so that if you decide to monetize down the road, you're already ready to go. You've got the systems in place. Yes. And those like scheduled emails, are perfect because then you don't have to really think about it and you don't forget yep. to let them know or remind them because podcast guests also they forget that they have interviews as well and if you don't remind them they don't know <laughs> I've never done that <laughs> ever <laughs> ever <laughs> awesome well I I really I like that idea of using a brochure especially on the monetizing side of things yeah. because it's just like trying to sell a service you're selling an ad spot. I send a smart file every single time I have a new client inquiry so that I make it super duper easy for them. Um, and why not be able to do that for an advertiser as well? So yeah, amazing. Now you had mentioned that you're gifting boxes to your guests from Amat Nakua because I know you are a cheerleader for small businesses and that's just one way that you are using the podcast to support other small businesses. I would love to know how you're doing this throughout your entire podcast process so that other podcasters can find ways to use their podcast to support those small businesses as well or ones that are local to them. I love this question. And this was super intentional by design when we started the podcast. So the podcast is called Independent Business. And I joked that like, I'm like, it has to be built by independent businesses because otherwise it just doesn't align. There's just a misalignment. <laughs> and so it really is and has been completely created by independents. So just some examples of this, you know, obviously Haley, you're my producer, you're an independent business owner. We have a video editor and producer, Tyler Harrington, who is helping to turn the video clips into magic, both social media and full form content, like the full length episodes. We're working with a gift boxing company, as you mentioned, to send gifts to our guests, which I'm so grateful for. Uh, partnering with an accessibility strategist who's an independent business. Uh, we're working with, I mean, it's, I could literally just keep going. Like every single person who's a part of making this podcast happen has been an independent. And a lot of the guests that we're interviewing as well are independents. And part of you know, what we're doing off the bat is trying to support their businesses in any way that we can. And so you know, on, on my end with the podcast, this could look like something like if they're an author, 
buying copies of their books to give away to guests. Uh, as an author myself, this was something that I had one podcaster do, and it meant the world to me. It meant the world to me that they bought a handful of my books, uh, that they used it as a social activation. It also was one of the posts on their feed that got the most engagement, as you can imagine, because it was a giveaway, so it was great for them on social. Uh, but little nuances like that, I think just just weaving independence and, and independent voice as much as I can into the podcast. Oh, Ruth <laughs> doing all the – see, that's what I'm talking about, Ruth Miller – Oh my gosh, from Helper too. She's doing all of the scheduling for all of our guests and managing the coordination of things, which is amazing. And then, you know, Akua Kanadu, she is a storytelling strategist and I have her helping me and supporting me on the research for our episodes and actually, you know, like we talked about, doing that deep dive prior to sitting down with somebody to really uncover the direction we want to take the story and how we want to craft the episode. Look at that. Two more independents. I'm like, and I know I'm forgetting folks. So if I forgot to mention you, I love you and I'm sorry. I'm Man, it's just like <laughs> such an incredible crew. We've got a dream team. Amazing. I I love everyone you're working with because I've gotten to kind of have a one-on-one conversation with each and every one of them. And I I do love that HoneyBook is using this podcast to do that, to allow independents to come in and support in ways that they probably could have internal team members do or hire internal team members but the fact that like I as an independent can be a part of this huge podcast like I just know it's going to be so big I am so honored and thankful and just love the opportunity so I really appreciate you fighting for that but also just HoneyBook allowing for that to happen too now if you could share one piece of advice with an existing or future podcaster because we have all types of listeners, um, hopeful and existing. If you could share one piece of advice based on your experience in launching the Independent Business Podcast, what would that advice be? Spend as much time preparing for an interview as you do interviewing. Truly, that is the biggest piece of advice that I have. I think a lot of people... And actually, this is this comes from my background in speaking and doing keynote talks. I once remember a speaking coach saying to me, you know, never wing it. I don't care how good you are. I don't care how many times you've done it. <laughs> Do not wing it. Because even if you're that good that you could wing it, you're that much better if you prepare. And... It's something where, you know, when it comes down to podcasting, I know and I love and I heard it a lot like, oh, you know, I like to just see where it goes and I like to just ask questions and see how it flows. And that's fine. That really is fine. And actually, conversational interviews are one of my favorite to listen to. However, preparing for a conversational interview and knowing the background of who you're interviewing, knowing who their audience is, knowing, you know, what their story is before you sit down to even ask the questions will change the way that you ask the questions so that, you know, I'll give, actually I'll give a really specific example. And I know a lot of people do this. I know a lot of people do this. And actually I really, please don't come after me. Um, But (laughs) in my 200 interviews, nearly every single one of those 200 interviews starts with the question, Natalie, so tell me a little bit more about yourself. I hate that question. (laughs) I absolutely hate that question because what it tells me is either one, you didn't take the time to really figure out what it is that I do and who I serve and what I'm out here fighting for and you want me to do that for you. It's not hard, y'all. It's really not hard. And also, you're not going to ask a guest onto your podcast unless you already love and know them and want to hear more from them. So you do have the background. Or, you know, it's what you think you have to be asking. 
because it's it's the primary question people ask, you think, okay, that's how you're supposed to start an interview. Don't start an interview that way. I often, as a listener, fast forward through that as well because for the most part, if I'm listening, unless I have really have no idea who that person is, which by the way, you could do in your own intro of the guest, which you can do off interview and really craft it to hit on those key points that you're going to reference in your conversation with them. Start your podcast understanding that you have to catch their attention in that first couple of minutes or you're going to lose them. Retention is not you know, easy to, to maintain. So think about that initial question as your gateway to retaining a listener, your opportunity to hook somebody in, and your chance to put kind of the, the you know, opportunity right in front of your guest to hit a home run from the start. That first question is the most important real estate that you have from, from a, an interview standpoint use it wisely. Don't ask them to tell them to tell your audience about themselves. You do that work. You craft the intro, you know, take their bio and make it meaningful to the interview and why you're positioning them to have this conversation. If you do interview podcasts, again, um, ask a question that is going to give an answer that your audience needs to know about. And don't save the good questions for the end. People will get better and better as you go into the interview. You will get better and better as you go into the interview. In the same way as a wedding photographer, I'd start with my worst location first and end in my best location <laughs> when my you know, clients are warmed up and they're killing their posing. That's fine. But still your worst location, your worst question should still be darn good. So whew, that, I know that was a hot take. But that is the true advice. Prepare, ask a really good question to start. No, that's good advice because, I mean, I, I've i edited at this point, gosh, over a thousand podcast episodes, probably more than that. I Just last yeah. year alone, my team edited 550 episodes and yes. <laughs> and so of all of those episodes, like, I mean, I've been guilty of doing it. We're all guilty of doing things that are not, we probably shouldn't be doing. But I do love the interviews where the guest doesn't have to tell who they are, primarily because I feel like they either aren't confident enough to talk about themselves, mm. or two, they're not telling me everything I need to know that probably the interviewer would. Because like for for me, I'm not going to ask you that because I, I do the pre-intro to an episode where I introduce you. But also I have five years of knowledge of you <laughs> in working with you. So I was like, I did my five years of preparation before this interview. <laughs> That's what I was thinking when you were saying that. Because I was like, how, how much time did I spend? I mean, I probably spent as long preparing the questions. But then the five years before that, we can call that preparation for this moment. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. But think, you just got to think about it from the listener's view. Like think about it, you know, mm -hmm. if I'm, if you're listening to something and you hear somebody spend a minute or two talking about a, reading a bio to you or telling you about somebody, you know what I'm saying? You know, Haley Gaffin is a world-renowned podcast producer and the host <laughs> of Clock, right? Clocking In. She is the founder of the Mic Check Society. Blah, 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 blah. And then I go, all right, Haley, tell me about yourself. And then Haley goes, I am the, and she repeats everything the listener just heard. And that that's generally what happens, right? Now, what I would recommend instead is you tee up that bio, like you tee up how you want to position your guest for success and why they're relevant to the conversation you're going to have. And then your first question isn't, well, tell me about yourself, but your first question could be, for example, does everyone need to have a podcast or... 
do you think that it's only for the select few? Or for example, like, is podcast dying? Is podcast mm-hmm. too sat or pa- is the podcast industry too saturated? Those types of questions right from the start, if I'm listening and that's a subject I care about, I'm not going to scroll away. I'm going to lean in because whew, what is she going to say? What is her answer <laughs> going to be? So I say that to say like you can do the work of positioning them well so that you already know Haley Gaffin is the world's renowned podcast producer who's a legend. And then your first question is asking her about that area of expertise. That's that's my advice. You don't have to take it. But again, I'm trying really hard to learn on my own to be a better interviewer. And that's one of the things that so far I've learned. And um, maybe I can pass along. I think it's brilliant. And I think, too, everyone has a little bit of room for improvement, especially in being an interviewer. That's one, like I said, I, I don't do a ton of interviews because I'm not as well versed in them. And I feel so much more comfortable doing solos. But Every time I get into an interview, I'm like, okay, I could do this again. I could do this again and again. I just have to actually make the time and practice and become a better interviewer. So awesome. Well, Natalie, to close things out, can you tease some of the conversations? I know you have a little bit, but tease some of the conversations that we can expect to hear on the Independent Business Podcast. Yes. So Again, this is a podcast about the science of self-made success, so we're going there. We have conversations around generating wealth, around advantageous tax strategies you've never heard of that could be costing you thousands of dollars. We talk about mindset shifts, the science of showing up, for example, on video. We talk about the power of asking questions, the statement that you might be including in your pitch that's killing it and leading to you getting ghosted. We talk about ways to provide an extraordinary experience, how to come back to yourself and unfold, as Ariella Astoria says, to really unpack who you are and what you want to do in this world. We talk about so many different aspects of being a business and being a business owner. And you know, we we do it alongside really interesting people that have such unique perspectives. And some of them, as I said, they're they're New York Times bestselling authors. Some of them are founders who have sold companies for hundreds of millions of dollars. Some of them, the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. Like we get this opportunity to sit down with people who I really believe have something to add, some value to contribute to your business. And every single conversation I've had so far has been different. And it's been... Uh, unexpected in some really powerful ways. So I'm excited to share that with all of you. Amazing. And where can people find the show notes and connect with you and connect with the podcast or even HoneyBook? Yes. So the podcast is everywhere that podcasts can be found. Thanks to you, Haley. Literally, it is everywhere. You, though, can lean into the show notes, the transcript at at podcast.honeybook.com. And I'd also say, too, like video is your thing. YouTube channel will house not only full episodes, but medium format clips and short form clips as well. Perfect. Well, we will link to all of that in our show notes for today's episode. Thank you so much, Natalie, for coming on. And I wish you the best in your launch today with the podcast. Thanks so much, Haley. Thank you so much for listening to Clocking In with Haley Gaffin. For resources mentioned in today's episode, head to gaffincreative.com. If you're a podcaster looking for a community that will help you improve your podcast, make sure you check out Mic Check Society, our community for podcasters who are looking to take their podcast from good to great. Enroll today at micchecksociety.com and use code podcast for $10 off per month. If you love this episode, I'd be honored if you'd leave me a review in the Apple Podcast app. Until next time, I'm your host, Haley Gaffin, clocking out. Thank you.